You're listening to the latest podcast from the Halftime Pie. In each episode, we talk with fellow football fans about various topics in the game today, sharing opinions on the goings-on at their club at the moment. The podcasts live at anchor.fm and on Spotify. They are also on our website where you can also read our opinionated football blogs. Just search for The Halftime Pie. And give us a follow on social media. We are on Twitter with the handle at underscore halftime pie. So on the um, previous podcast that we did some time ago, um, you uh, Keith Hill was in charge and you boldly and correctly predicted that he won't be around for much longer. Uh, so no pressure today with any predictions. Um, I don't think anybody was really aware of our last podcast, were they, when we, when we had to take two, uh, have two takes of it. Uh, <laughs> when I listened it back, I think your decision to speak to me in the kitchen didn't quite pay off with a washing machine on its uh, spin cycle. <laughs> <laughs> new new house now. So, new house, so in a dining room, so it shouldn't be disturbed. Right, very good. So, I'll take it you're comfortable and ready to go. Yes. So, um, cheers for joining us, Blair. Um Bolton Wanderers fan, we're going to talk pretty much 90% uh, all about Bolton and it seems quite fitting really, um, given it's deadline day, because uh, it seems to be a good place to start to be honest. Um, One thing I've noticed, and you'll probably be able to fill this in a bit more, correct me a bit more, but um, I was wondering with the signings, I think you're going to look at making four today, how big is your squad currently? Because it seems... All you've ever done is over the last year or two is sign players, and hardly any have gone out. Um, well, yeah, what you got to remember is we were starting from scratch, basically from when Everett came in. Um, I don't think, given the administration, and then once Keith Hill took over, there were a lot of short-term contracts until the end of that season. So when he came in at the beginning of the season, Everett, then it was a you know, start from scratch. Yeah. Um, I suppose, so you, so you get the headlines of all these players that signed at the beginning of the season, what you're probably not reading in the press as much, unless paying particular attention is, is some of these signings are, are already on the way out. Right. Um, the ones that were made at the beginning of the year. Um, we've just let uh, centre-half go. George Taft, he's gone um, to Scunthorpe on a free transfer um, I think loan? one. On, on yeah, he was on loan. He went earlier in the month. Right. Not really seen much of him, to be honest. Um, so he's gone. Um, a few others have gone on loan. Uh, the left back, whose name escapes me at the moment, he's gone back to non-leagues on loan. So, yeah, I mean, we're probably making waves in relation to some of the signings, the, the headlines, but there have been departures as well. Um, I'm sure we'll discuss it later on but I think I suppose recruitment has been a bit of a bone of contention once again for Bolton Wanderers um, given given what's gone on at the beginning of the season and, and, and obviously losing a director of football halfway through the season as well Yeah Would would you say this window then that Everett has targeted the right areas of the squad in, in January? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we were obviously in a tough position with the goalkeeping situation, which was well publicised well, following Ebert's comments that got picked up nationally. So, um, Jilk's had to step up from the coaching role 
uh, into the first team. Um, so we've recruited a keeper today, Jensen from Burnley. I think it's Brian Jensen's son, if, if I'm um, correct. It? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, so yeah, goalkeeper, we, we definitely needed some depth there because Krellin, who we had from Fleetwood, just, just didn't look up to it, unfortunately. Um, it's been such a disappointment, Ian, that potentially could improve in all areas, if we're being honest. Right. Um, apart from Doyle, who obviously clearly has a knack of scoring goals. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's anywhere throughout the team that you could say we were absolutely, you know, flying and didn't need to recruit there. I think we could have improved across the 11. Right. So... I know the situation, obviously, when Hill came in and he had to sign about between nine and 11 players on, on in one day um, and because of the state the club was in when he took over. But has it, with Everett's recruitment then in the summer, has that kind of been flawed if he's had to go and meet you again in January? Well, who recruited? <laughs> that's the, that's right. the million-dollar question. I think, if I remember rightly, we'd... We did discuss Moneyball in the last podcast, yes. um, I think, in relation to the new owners um, wanting to go down that route. Um, and I think we'd appointed uh, the director of football, Tobias Phoenix, by that point as well. So, start of the season, obviously, Ebert's come in and we've made a raft of signings, but it's not particularly clear who's had the final say in those signings, if it's a mix. You know, it, it it's hard to tell without knowing what's going on behind the scenes, exactly who's signed what players. I think there are some obvious ones that you would think ever had an influence on. So if you look at Baptiste, who he played with at Blackpool, um, Krellin came recommended by Jilks, whoever had played with at Blackpool. So I don't think you can... You know, I don't think it ever is blameless when it comes to the recruitment, but there does seem to be murmurings coming since the director of football has gone that you know we're kind of overhauling a bit, um, and Everett's hoping to have more of a more of an impact on the recruitment. Now he, he could say that, couldn't he? You know, ultimately, for the amount of money we've probably spent in that league. Then I don't think you know we are where we should be. I think that's an honest appraisal, and a lot of these signings have come in. Um, and I think uh, the name slipped me before, but for example, the left back Gordon, who we got from the non-league, um, and a couple of others, White. Who, I mean, White, he was playing under Everett at Barrow, so you'd think that was Everett as well. He's not looked up to it either, so. It's hard to pin it solely on him, but yeah, I think it's clear that he's had um, an impact on the recruitment as well. So, so it, it's a bit of both of them, really. I would say. And we know that not every transfer flourishes and, and works, but it'd be a bit concerning, given what we heard about Everett's style at Barrow, and then the recruitment. Has somebody got that wrong, or? Um, because he, he likes a certain style of football and he wants players who can bring the ball out. Um, so has that been probably a bit of a mistake then in, in the summer? Potentially, I mean, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I mean, some of them, I remember some of the signings. We signed Comley, I think he was at Colchester. 
and the stats were from him that he had the best pass completion rate um, in League Two last year or something along those lines. And I don't think Colchester wanted him to go, but you know, it, due to COVID and finances, you know, he was going and we snapped him up. Well, he's just not looked looked up to it at all. He's you know he everything's backwards, not positive. Playing that, I can see where he got got such a good pass completion rate because he doesn't pass the ball forward or take any sort of risk. (laughs) Everything just goes back to the centre half straight away. Um, A lot, obviously, whenever it came in, a lot was made about you know the system he wanted to play and how he wanted to do it. But we're we're now last game we're playing a flat back four. It looks like he's had to abandon that philosophy. Now whether that's because the players he's got whether that's him evolving and realising that he has to be, you know, a bit more, be able to adapt a bit more, I'm not sure. Um, I think it's a combination. He's a young manager at the end of the day. Um, he's still learning. Um, but yeah, recruitment probably has, an, has had an impact on it as well. We're playing that system. We're asking players to do jobs that, especially on the season, it was apparent that they're just not capable of doing, in my opinion. Right. So of the... Of the outs, are you happy or with who's gone out or was there any others that particularly are still at the club that you thought they're not going to make it? Are you quite happy with who they've then skimmed off the off the squad? Well, I've got Twitter up at the moment. I'm still keeping up to date. The, the, two, the two ones that are, I suppose have got a question mark is, is Taft, who hasn't really played enough to pass judgment, um, but... You know, he's gone to Scunthorpe earlier in the month. I think they've kept four clean sheets since he's arrived. I think he's played every game. He's getting good reviews on social media from Scunthorpe fans. Um, and we've had a leaky defence all season. So he's, and he's not really had a look in apart from early on. So you're kind of thinking, well, what are we missing there? Now, you don't know what goes on behind the scenes and if it's just not, you know, not working with Everett, so to speak. But to see him go on a free transfer when he's hardly had an impact here and then he's had such a positive impact in a short space of time at Scunthorpe, that does make you wonder. The other one that I'm a bit disappointed about, but more disappointed that he's probably failed to live up to expectations this season, is is Ali Crawford. Um, I think... You know, last year he would have been the first name on the sheet for re-signing for this year if we could get him. Uh, we thought he was our best player last year. He picked up a bit of a bad knock. And um, I think he was one of the first people that was signed once ever arrived. Um, but it's just not worked. Whether he can't fit into the style of play, he's just been a bit of a disappointment, unfortunately. I was really looking forward to seeing him again. Uh, but he... I think he, he missed out earlier in the team, got in, but never really set the world alight. Um, and he's off on, I'm not sure that's been confirmed yet, but he's going to Tramir, I believe. Um, I think that's to make room for some of our other incomings. Right. So I suppose the hope really is that um, he's had a good few months to look at the squad and uh, January's completely a good time to make those tweaks and changes and because um, when you look at the table uh, I'd have got the table up now I mean as, uh, although it's disappointing to be 19th and 10 off relegation you're actually only 9 off 7th where Newport are 
it's a really bizarre league uh, this season. Yeah, and run together like Scunthorpe have won three in a row, or Bradford have suddenly gone undefeated in at least five. You suddenly, um, who's to say you're not, you wouldn't fancy a push for the playoffs? Yeah, I, I think we're definitely capable of it. If you look look at the squad, I think the issue is, would be that I don't think at any point during the season we've particularly looked like grinding out a consistent run of say 10 to 12 games where we pick up plenty of points you know say 20 21 24 points within within 10 games we, we don't look like doing that and you would think at this point of the season it probably takes something like that to get us up there and I'm not saying that that won't happen it'll be interesting to see how these signings affect us going forward but I'm not holding my breath. We've just been so inconsistent. And when we've been bad, we've been really bad. I think that's part of the issue as well. Yeah. I think, um, I know you went on a bit of a run, was it November time? But I read I read a blog post only this week and it said for, for, for all the good run that you went on, yeah, you beat Salford and stuff, but you won at Scunthorpe, but then you beat arguably the two worst teams or two of the worst teams in the league, uh, certainly with Southend. And then it all went wrong again when uh, you played Port Vale at home. So the inconsistency has been right through the season, hasn't it? Yeah, Port Vale at home was. I mean, I mean, going back to what I just said previously, that was that wasn't bad. That that was embarrassing. It was a real low point. I think they hadn't won in six or seven games as well, or something like that. And the the tour was a new one. Um, yeah, do you know what he might have even won? I, I might, be, I think he might have won manager of the month there, Ebert as well, potentially. But that, <laughs> well, that's what they say. But it, it, I do remember thinking it wasn't the toughest stretch of games going. I mean, it's easy to say that, isn't it? All games are tough, at, probably at this level. But even then, I don't think you know we weren't. I wasn't convinced that after that run we were going to keep that going and make a real charge towards the automatic promotion spots or anything like that. Yeah. I always felt like, even after the win, that the next game you're not, you're not really know, knowing what's going to show up. Yeah. I just just on sort of the league, um, in terms of League Two, is there any team that's impressed you? Or is it does it look like a, a mixture where anybody can beat anybody on the day? Because you look at the middle table and it, there's, there's not a lot in it, is there, from top to bottom, really? Or is there is no. a standout team? I'm, it's hard. Obviously, I'm going to make an excuse here, but with not going to the games anymore, you know, I have missed a few on TV that maybe I've not seen teams or, you know, so I don't want to pass comment too much. I, 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 I recall early season that Forest Green were comfortably better than us but we were very poor at the beginning of the season we looked like a team that had just been thrown together but I do recall that I think in Forest Green we're okay but other than that um, you know I've, I've not been overly impressed by any side uh, in particular at all um, I think we went to maybe Cambridge when Cambridge were flying high at the top we got we got a deserved point there um, and I remember thinking you know there's nothing special there's nothing to fear in it. you know some of the teams are organised clearly but 
yeah, there's, there's nothing Salford, for example, were very disappointed. Yeah. And that was on Sky. I don't know if you saw that, but, but Salford were really disappointed when they came. So, no, the, the, there's nothing really that, that's stuck out to me. I think, oh, they're a good side. Or that makes me think it's a particularly good division, to be honest. No, and I think, really, to be on a positive, if you can get these players settled in, there's nobody to fear in that division, is there? It's, it's, they've got to knuckle down and put a run together, really, haven't they? No, there's, there's definitely nothing to fear. And, and, you know, that can be the arrogance of, you know, me living in the past a bit. But at the end of the day, you know, gone are the days where I knew every single player in every single league when I was on the championship manager as a teenager. And, and you know, I, I could reel off every single player going. But if you look at the names that we signed this season, you know, the squad and they'll... Yeah, we, we might have got carried away, but we should be we should be competing in this division better than we are, definitely. Definitely. So, can you, or you might have already really done it, but could you sum up Everett's tenure at Bolton at the minute? But how would you sum it up? I think it's I think it's been disappointing. Um, I think he came in and he spoke extremely positively, um, and I don't have a problem with that. We're a support, you know. We're we're a big club in that division, um, and we've been on the slide for for many a year now. Um, but we had new owners, new start. We had this fresh new manager coming in that was all, you know. We listened to the podcast about the style of football they played, and the fans bought into it, and they bought into it in relation to season tickets as well, um, and. Maybe we were a, a bit unrealistic in our in our expectations in relation to the throwing together of the squad um, and how it would all work. But in the fans' defence, they weren't discouraged from that, from Everett's comments early on. Um, now, he has since backtracked on them, but I think it's fair enough to say that, you know, we, we were excited at the appointment and the memes and Gifts would be flying around on social media about HMS Pistol League and stuff like that. Yeah, and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, it's it's been pretty crap being a wanderer for quite a few years now. We've had the odd ups, but so why not have a bit of hope and optimism? Yeah, exactly. Um, and like I say, Everett's got to take a bit of responsibility for that. Now, he tried and backtracked a few weeks ago in, in the press, or so it sounded like that. I didn't hear the interview, more read it, and you know, there might have been a bit of journalistic license in relation to that, but there definitely seems to be a bit of backtrack that why why does anyone expect Bolton to get promoted? Well, you know, he... He was, when, he was stoking the fires of that, though. Yeah, he, definitely, season, definitely. He was behind all Definitely. That. Yeah, now you, you could say, oh, that's what managers say. And if he hadn't said that, you would have been like, well, why are we not aiming for that? But yeah, I, I, I didn't like that particularly, the, kind of like that rewriting of history. Um, you know, he he was pushing at the beginning as well. And uh, even if we weren't flying in the top half, we should definitely be better than we are at the moment. Yeah. I mean, we um, we listened to the podcast and it was all about Barcelona and... Um... How he, at that last season when he got um, at Barrow and the style of football and it was all about uh, he talked about his players have got to sprint off at half time and send out a message and 
they've got to win the ball back within is it five six seconds and just things like that and you thought I like this you know uh, something refreshing especially for like the lower leagues uh, and you can't fault the fans for jumping all over that can you uh, and like you say he's got to pitch it right he comes in and he talks up big that a club this size should be like say pissing the league but uh, but then you've got to back it up haven't you so he, maybe a little bit of egg on his face um, yeah I, I think what I would say his defence is he seems like a a confident character now some might say that comes across as come across as arrogant I won't go as far as that but I think that's that's just the way he is I think he'll always talk on them in them terms be quite positive be quite bold um Unfortunately, it doesn't work out. The words can come back and bite you a bit. But um, look, I'm not writing off yet. I think some fans, some of my friends, would be, you know, not disappointed to see him go already. I'm very much of the mind that, you know, whilst I'm disappointed so far, he's probably got until something's going seriously wrong, probably got until Christmas time. Um, but really, do need to see some progress next year, heading towards heading towards promotion. I would say. Yeah, I mean, we we had a conversation only was it last week or the week before, and it was all about pretty much about being realistic and giving the the guy some time. And and then obviously you sent me that link to the Trotters blog uh, post about very much the same. You know, a lot's gone on since his appointment, and things haven't gone all well. But at the same time, I think there is a degree of the of the fan base that he's still prepared, he's still got time with them, and they're going to give him uh, a fair crack of the whip. Um, he's just, like you say, it's he's got to kind of start to get just concentrate on getting results, and he rather than talking about what he's going to do or where they're going to be, he's got to kind of get results, and he. Yeah, and and once he does that, people won't pay attention, and I think. It, it's similar to what I spoke about in relation to Keith Hill um, on the previous podcast, Ian, that when results aren't going your way, the, the manager becomes on a microscope about what he says a bit more. Yeah. Um, and, you know, fans aren't daft. You know, they, obviously they don't know exactly what's going on behind the scenes and that sort of thing, but they know when they're getting, you know, when a manager's trying to pull the wool over their eyes, saying, oh, we're the better side and we deserve something out of the game. And you're thinking... We definitely didn't, <laughs> and, and and that's what I think that's what gets to fans a bit. I mean, he doesn't talk as much nonsense as Keith Hill. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, <laughs> even, even, no. me, even me and you sound far better than he does. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but um, I think a couple of months in, he called us. He said we're like a bag of revels. And he was like, oh no, we've not got another one using all these funny phrases and stuff like that. But on the whole, yeah, I, th- I think he's he's just he came in with that very, that very positive vibe to the fans, and you know we should be aiming for promotion, and that quickly that that fell away form wise, and we thought we're never going to be pushing for that, and then it's become a bit more maybe edgy some of the interviews, and he's done some strange things. He's he's switched dugouts, which obviously. That says, I don't know. That sends out alarm bell or something that like that to me. Is that desperation to you? Well, a bit, yeah. I mean, I think he's. They asked him why, and he said, "I don't say losing it, but 
is he trying to change something? I think his reasoning was was that he wants to be closer to the referee um, and getting the referee's ears or ear or something like that when he comes off. But dugouts have been like, like that since Time. the ground was built, yeah, Ian. Yeah, yeah. And we had plenty of success without having to get into the referee's ear. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, you could argue that he needs to change certain aspects rather than things like dugouts. You need to change players or systems and that that's going to win your games not changing a dugout I think it's I think something like that it just draws attention doesn't it that sort of thing you think ooh is he is he clutching at straws a bit now I mean he, he I think he mentioned again in the press about there was a culture of almost losing at the club and, and I'll have that to an extent that once you get used to once you're on a slide it, it's very hard to stop sometimes so uh, I can understand where he's coming from to an extent in relation to like we have to try and start with a clean state slate and build up the culture of the club again to be more positive. But yeah, we, we, when you're looking at switching the dugouts, that just smacks of an act of desperation to me. Yeah, and I mean, sort of touching on that, where he's saying about a culture of losing and and relegations bring that, don't they? And then also everything that's gone on in the background, the fact that the club nearly disappeared. Um, there's a lot of noise around Bolton Wonders in the online now that could be partly because of the history of the last couple of years um, but you read some of the stuff online and, and it's, I suppose it's the same with many clubs in it the comments are completely different if you win if you win 2-3-0 everything's rosy in the garden if you get beat 3-0 it's horrendous and, but there always just seems to be like with ever talking as well but there's just a lot of noise isn't there around the club in terms of the supporters do you think that's that's me looking from out in am I right there or is that, is that just am I thinking more or would you agree I think it's hard to tell I'm going to sound arrogant here but at the moment we're a big fish in a small pond you know totally accept we deserve to be where we are no complaints about that if you look at the size and the history of the club and, and, and our support in comparison to other clubs in that that division, then I think you know around the league to social media, Bolton are probably a massive part of that. And I think maybe me and you go looking for it because we're checking up. You know, I appreciate you're not a Bolton fan, but you, but you, you look out for the results, how they're getting on, read the blogs, that sort of thing. Yeah. I imagine it's the same amongst every, amongst every club, probably that size. That when you can specifically go looking for it, you will find it. Um, it, it. I mean, it's brilliant, isn't it? But it's horrendous sometimes. You go on social media and you just have to turn your phone off because you just think I'm, I'm reading nonsense here. There's a bit like politics. There's no middle line anymore, is there? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's from one extreme to the other. Shouting louder than others, aren't they? And it's all noise, and nobody actually listens to an argument and has a debate anymore, do they? It's just shout, shout, shout. Um, yeah. Because I'd seen stuff, I think, before the Tranmere game, and um, people were just saying, if you lose this, it's going to be, it's all doom and gloom. And you just kind of think, just, I just hope the, the players and the management don't read half of it. No, and, and, the other thing as well is I don't think I think people that think he might go. Obviously, I think if we were heading for real problems with relegation, then we might see a change. But 
I, I can't see us making any sort of. I think the New Orleans have invested too much into Everett. I think they strike me as the type of owners that aren't going to be, you know, quick to pull the trigger or anything like that. I think they will take the time. Um, this is the way they they want to do it. So unless something's seriously going wrong this season, I think he will be getting at least probably. 10 games next season to see where we're at before they then start to look at making any sort of decision. Um, They do seem to come across well looking from the outside in. Yeah, I mean, I think we touched on this last time again, but the the difference between the Ken Anderson era and and now in relation to, you know, the, the statements that they put out to the fans they're trying to obviously re-engage with the community that sort of thing it's, it's chalk and cheese um, and I, you know I don't have a problem with that my friends would say that I always probably out of all of them I'd probably be the, the last what the last one to sack the manager if that makes sense they are all probably turn earlier than me but um, I, I think on this occasion I think he'll be afforded every opportunity to get it right first I think they really want to make this work Nobody, with probably the exception of Chelsea, and they've got multi-million, a billionaire behind them. Nobody really does well chopping and changing a manager every every twelve, eighteen months, do they? Chelsea's the only they really booking that trend. No, no. I think you have to accept that gone are the days of someone getting a specific, an especially long time. See, for example. The example of Ferguson at Manchester United. I don't think Ferguson gets that tra- that time at Manchester United anymore. No, no. Although they, they, they've stuck by Solskjaer probably longer than a lot of people would. Yeah. But I still think he doesn't get afforded that much an opportunity in today's day and age, even at Manchester United, who obviously don't say they don't want to be a sacking club and that sort of thing. I just think it's, it's the way that football management's gone now that, that more is expected quicker. Yeah. Very true. I looked... Um... Doing a little bit of research before this, I noticed um, only 27 goals scored in 23 games. Now, when I looked at that and I thought about the um, my sort of next question, <laughs> it almost sounds um, a bit of a stupid question, really. But what needs to change to improve that? Obviously, score more goals. But is that the style of play, or is it just the personnel? I don't know, really. Can you... I honestly haven't looked at that. Um, I mean, looking maybe I'm not now, surprised. It's, it's thirty currently. It's thirty and twenty-five. Which um, I mean, it's not enough, is it? It's not enough enough to get us up that league. But it, if you'd asked me what the bigger problem was, and maybe I'm thinking back to earlier in the season more, but I would have said the defence was much more of a bigger problem. Um, Doyle hasn't had the service that probably we would have wanted and I think he's done to get well the amount done well to get the amount of goals he has up to this point to be honest Um, yeah he's missed a few but I think we've not particularly played to his strength throughout the season hopefully with these new signings we we do get the service to him Um, like I said before in relation to well we need to improve 1-11 to yeah we, we need to improve in all aspects of the game as well Going forward, uh, defending definitely. 
Um, there's not been one particular thing, apart from the goalkeeping early on, that, that was a real issue with with Crelling from Fleetwood. I mean, that needed addressing probably earlier than it eventually was. There were some howlers there, weren't there, that he needed protecting, either taking out the team or, or something yeah. on it. And some of them were like, they weren't, they weren't like, oh, we could have got to that. Some of them were appalling. Yeah. It, it was, like you say, he needed taken out. I mean, he saved the penalty in the middle of all this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I said to you, he had Papa Dom hands. <laughs> they just, ball would burst through them so easily. Um, and, you know, it's a shame because he's a young keeper and you, you hope it's not not to confidence, you know, going forward for the rest of his career. But, but that really was, um, it, it was hard to watch in points. Um and I know it got a bit of press coverage and, and Everett got a bit of grief for it nationally. But, you know, it, it wasn't just that one game that he threw one in. The, it, there'd been a catalogue of errors from me starting quite early in the season and pushing the ball back in. You know, simple things like not pushing the ball out of the danger area and almost pushing it back in before I was to follow up, that sort of thing. He was responsible for quite a few goals. Would you say um, there's been too many injuries? Is that is that at fault throughout the squad? Or there's been, there's no, been, we, no different than anywhere else. I wouldn't have said so. I mean, it, I, I've not thought. Oh, we're horrendously unlucky. We have been to an extent, but I don't think we've been outrageously unlucky with injuries or anything like that at all we, Dennis Politic got injured pre-season, he was one of our best performers last year he's obviously a loss, a big loss I don't know how he would have fitted in early doors into Everett's style of play but but since this switch he would he would definitely be fitting in now right. um, now we've gone kind of like more to like a, a 4-3-3 right. in one of the wide roles yeah, so yeah he, he's a loss uh, Doyle missed a few weeks with a hamstring injury Sarchevich has just picked two injuries, so yeah, yeah maybe, yeah. But I don't think, I don't think we can sit there and say that that's that's to blame or anything like that. I don't think it's a massive, massive part of our predicament. So, you 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 would guesstimate he'd have till Christmas if things didn't particularly improve. Do you? Do you think he'll see this season out? See where they're at. Give him another window, and he's got to perform ne- early next season. That that would be that would be what I would do. Uh, I, I I guess that's what the owners would say as well. Um, unless something starts to go badly wrong and we start sliding towards that drop zone or for whatever reason, yeah. then you know yeah they might have to look to to, to do something then. Um, look. I'm saying till Christmas. For me, there's, you know, he's, he's been backed again to an extent by all accounts. This transfer window, uh, I really would like to see some some progress this second half of the season. Now, yeah. um, you know, I'm not demanding playoffs or anything like that. I, I don't think we'll get there, but I do want to see some progress in this second half of the season. If if we carry on like we are, then my patience might be wearing thin because 
uh, the squad that we've got, and I, I know they get thrown together, and I know it's not just as easy as as, as getting a squad together and um, you know just getting Doyle and getting Sarchevich and stuff like that. And I, I know it doesn't always work like that, but looking at what we've got, we should be doing better. Um, I know I keep repeating myself with that, but but I do strongly believe that. So if you could mark him out of 10 as a school report, what would you give him? <laughs> Six? Less? I'd probably got five. five. I'd probably got five. Some people think I'm being very very generous to that as well. I <laughs> definitely would. Um, yeah. The, if you're saying six is steady average, then, yeah, it, we'd, we've definitely underperformed. Definitely. So... I've just had a quick sneaking look at the League One table because thinking next season is there anybody coming down that because like I say League Two looks much of a muchness. You look at League One, your friends down the road at Wigan Athletic could be uh, down in League Two next season. And um, I know we um, I sent you an article dinner last week about the state of Wigan and time running out for them to be taken over and saved. And uh, can you remember what your reply was? <laughs> it might have been something along. <laughs> now I know I am aware of the rivalry between the two clubs, but I think the fact that they mocked where you were, uh, yeah, before Manchester it... took over, it's kind of um, it's come back in, come back to haunt them, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. I don't, do I want to see them go bust? No, I don't. I don't want to see any football club go bust. Um, but there is something quite sweet about the way we were mocked. And I remember when we were, I think it must have been the championship where we were sliding towards our inevitable relegation then. And um, I think they beat us 5 2 or something like that. Shocking performance anyway. And they were singing about. Bolton owned millions, Wigan owned nothing at all, and, and all that sort of business. And you know, they, they yeah, and the only, yeah, I think, I think I sent you this article at the time, um, on Trotter's blog again about the similarities between Wigan and Bolton, which, which they will not acknowledge in relation to living beyond the means. Yeah, they hadn't racked up loads and loads of debt um over the years but but they were on a model of of selling players on they were spending more than they brought in and they were relying on selling players and then covid hit and they hadn't sold the players and and they were living beyond the means like we did and maybe not bankrolls finance for as long as we were living beyond that means but yeah like it's a good, it's nice of a rivalry, isn't it? And yeah. you know, they, they mocked us. I think they were outside, a few fans outside the ground when it was all going wrong and stuff like that. So, I look forward to playing them next year. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm sure they, uh, was it something along the lines of, you know, for every pound that they got in the club, they were paying £1.75 out or something? You just can't live like that. But Uncle, Uncle Dave Whelan threw his millions in for years and eventually walked away and went, I can't do this anymore. And, it, and suddenly the the place just fell apart. Yeah. And, and, and they've probably been sold to someone who said they would bankroll it and, and hasn't. Um, and 
yeah, it's unlucky, you know. Have they been sold up, Wheeling sold a promise by them or something like that? It's, you know, they, they probably are unlucky to an extent, but this is the, the risk that clubs clubs run. If, if that person who's plugging the hole decides to pull the plug, then you've got problems and the clubs up and down, especially in the championship. I mean, the championship must be ridiculous what's going on. The amount of clubs that, you know, if the owner was to stop bankrolling them, be chaos. And that's what happened. A long list of championship clubs who are trying to spend big to land the uh, prize of getting in the Premier League. And then when it doesn't happen, um, it's, disastrous until they start pulling tricks like selling the ground and and back to themselves or whatever they do at Derby and Sheffield Wednesday and uh, <laughs> try and clear it yeah. so that they've made a profit but yeah well it's quite ironic that, that I think Wigan bought Bolton's training ground when we were struggling and Wigan have now had to sell that training ground onto Preston <laughs> as part of the admin process for them as well so I don't know if that training ground's cursed or something like that but um, yeah what not shedding any tears, put it like that. <laughs> so, um, football under COVID, as we all know, is very different. What do you miss most about um, football at the minute? Might sound a daft question, but... Yeah, it's going to the game, isn't it? Yeah. Probably, probably away games in this league as well. Um, you know, the potential for some... Good trips. Harrogate, Grounds have never been before. Yeah, I mean, Harrogate would have been at Doncaster, I think. Yes. So, it's not as good as it potentially would have been. But, yeah, some some trips I've never been on before to Grounds I've never been to before. So, that's obviously what, what I'm, I'm missing the most out of it. And the socialising that goes with that side of it. Um, yeah. I think the... Um, and I, I mean, you touched on it early about you don't at the minute not being able to get to games you'd probably sometimes miss a few more but I, it just doesn't I can't seem to get as much of a buzz watching it with either fake crowd noise or no crowd noise it's just something I never thought I'd see the day where sometimes I think I can't I'm, I can't seem to get excited about watching this game and I've missed yeah. I've not watched as much football even though there's more of it to see on the telly than ever before um, it's just a, a strange th- state, isn't it? I think I think I found that when I've watched Bolton with the kind of emotional investment in them, then I, I've I've not found it as as tough in relation to obviously I'm missing going, but I've still got that, that emotional attachment to the game where I'm really, you know, invested in it and willing the result on, but. I think in relation to other games where, you know, a Super Sunday where I might have like, right, I'll need to sit down, need to watch that game on Sunday, that sort of thing. I just think you're like saturated with football at the moment. There's games and I've probably watched less of the big games, if that makes sense, as a neutral. Um, That's where I probably... I think you said it, didn't you, the other week there was a game on about the Sunday now, especially with Sunday evening games, you might get to see one of the games during the afternoon and then you're like, gets to kind of quarter to eight or something, you're thinking, do I really want to be watching that one as well? It's just... Yeah. Uh, and I know they're trying to fit it all in because the season's truncated, but 
sometimes you just because he's not that match day buzz and looking forward to a game and and the day before thinking all right we're traveling to here or there and um it's just very flat isn't it yeah yeah it is it, it is it's not the same and you know i think i think the the players would say the same as well yeah. it, it, it isn't the same but i think don't get me wrong that it's good in one aspect that almost every night you can come in and if you want to watch some football there's inevitably something on yeah. but like say some i think it was sunday was it spurs who were the last kickoff on sunday against brighton yeah potentially oh no that was last night anyway i remember it got to like the third game and i was like i can't watch another bit <laughs> i'm just <laughs> I need to do something else if um if you could had the power to change one rule in football what would it be um I think I'd, I think you're probably something to do with this handball rule. Yeah. Um, I appreciate what, what I don't think gets talked about. It's a hard rule to define, you know, because when you start bringing deliberate into it, then it's then it starts being interpretations, and then you can debate about it all day, can't you? And sometimes we just need to accept that football and the rules are full of grey areas, and there's just going to be controversy and accept it we get so hung up on, on trying to define I mean look at that it's a different rule but look at that City goal the other week the off the, the offside one where he's come back from the offside the bloke's controlled it he's nicked the ball off it I mean you know going down to the actual wording of the law and stuff like that and you just think we're getting ourselves mixed up here we're making it more complicated than it needs to be Let's try and simplify it so we can just get back to enjoying the game yeah. rather than spending five minutes talking about decision. You know, well, it, I, th- I think... Go on. I'm finished, to be fair, but I think that's and that's probably been amplified by VAR that you're kind of looking at this stuff. I mean, looking at the offside rule, I remember I was moaning about, you know, the, how the line and how far someone is offside. Um, and my friend came back to me and he, and he said, yeah, I'll have what you're saying. He said, but if they're going to do that like that, there's, there's got to be a measurement point somewhere. You know, there's got to be somewhere where, where you draw the line. It's, was it Southampton and Villa at the weekend and somebody's arm was offside and you're thinking, well, is that really an advantage to him? If he stood a couple of inches further past the defender then I love that he's got a couple of inches head start on him but his arm I just uh, and I just don't get you know, see what, ear, what I would you know, your ear or your bloody heel could be offside and it's like well does that really give the striker the advantage in that situation you could argue not well I suppose what you could say is, is that right well do you go daylight and if there is any part of the striker level with any part of the defender then it's on side, but then you're making that there'll be a lot more goals, a lot harder for defenders. Um, you know, I think defenders got a hard enough job as it is not being able to make any sort of contact in the box with the player anymore. If you know what I mean, you're he, just giving too much advantage to attackers. If you say right, it's it, daylight, so to speak. But I, I get the frustration is that, but if if we're gonna, what you what I don't think you can have probably is an offside goal being ruled out one week 
just you say, oh, it doesn't matter, it's, it's only that. And then given the next week, does that make sense? Yeah. There's got to try and probably... It's frustrating for the fans because we've seen it like that, but there's millions of pounds on, on you know, a big relegation battle. There's millions of pounds riding on these games now and, and they're trying to get it right. They are. I, I think with VAR, you're almost, you, you take a lot of the emotion out as well, don't you? You almost like when a goal goes in, you, you celebrate, but you're part of your thinking, has it gone to VAR? You know, it's almost, instead of like the unbridled kind of relief and passion from a goal, you've, you've almost got like this kind yeah. of thing in the back of your mind now, oh, don't get, don't get too excited. Um, they might, they might be reviewing this and that, that's, that's a shame, isn't it? Because the, the game's got to flow a bit better and there will be the odd mistake, but I think sometimes clear and obvious if it's if it's somewhat clear and obvious but somebody's heel or ear or elbow is is offside then you're like well, really yeah <laughs> but, no i get i get both sides of the argument yeah. to be fair I, I think unfortunately the way football is now the millions on the line that you know a club could go bust and on the basis of a bad refereeing decision yeah. if that makes sense so they're trying to minimize that happening um, and that's what it comes down to, doesn't it? At the end of the day, it, it's money that's driven VAR probably more than anything. The fact that so much rides on these games that, and the, the need to get the decisions right. Yeah, it's just that it's. But it has affected the game, it, definitely. Yeah. You know, it's, you, it's almost been long enough now that a lot of the teething errors should have gone, but it just seems to be every weekend there's another mass debate about VAR and, and not getting it right. And I still think refs should. Should, be, should have been going to a screen by the pitch from the start I think rather than listening to somebody it's stopped the part yeah it and the other thing the frustrating thing as well is is that when you slow something down to ultra slow mo it, it looks very different yes. sometimes you just want them to watch it in full speed and and, and then you can appreciate almost yeah exactly you can appreciate yeah. that at, at normal speed that well, I don't think you really meant that uh, yeah. Slow it down; it can look very different. I agree with that. Exactly, exactly. So it's here now, and it's probably here to stay. Though I would think. I can't see it going any time. I can't see it going at all now. Like you say, it's in. It's in. Um, just finally, um, where would you? Where do you think Bolton will finish this season in that league? Uh, I'll go for tenth. Right. Okay. And I think that's been a bit. I think that's probably been optimistic, but. Yeah, tenth, I would say. Right. Um, who's your money on to win the Premier League? Uh, Manchester City. Yeah. Um, after this run they're on at the minute, I, I would agree. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I think, think it was a four-horse race maybe two weeks ago. Now with United dropping points, Liverpool have picked up. Leicester lost to Leeds. I think it's gonna be those four will be involved, but I think it's it's down Liverpool and City, and I think. Liverpool yeah. haven't got the squad for the injuries where City have got two great players in every position and I don't think Liverpool have. Yeah, I think Liverpool have defensive problems and then obviously started firing blanks a few weeks back as well. Um, I still think when they get the best teams out 1-11, to I think Liverpool are the best side. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I agree. I just think they've been very lucky, apart from this season, with injuries, and it was always going to be interesting if 
two or three, not just one, of their key players went out. The replacements are not as good. Where City can yeah. take Aguero out and bring somebody else in who's just as good, if not better. And look at the you know they bring Stones in at the back, and suddenly they've they've tightened up. And I don't think they're even playing Nathan Aki. So, no, uh, no. They spend fifty million on. So I think that's the difference over. 38 games, I think probably City will nick it, but you never know. Yeah, I think, I, I think they might win it comfortably. I think talking maybe seven points, even more, I think. Just just having a look at... I know Liverpool have picked up these last couple of weeks, I suppose, so you never know, but yeah, it, it's looking more and more like City. Yeah. I, don't, I, I always feel like United are just around the corner from another slump. Um, yes. I appreciate that a lot of the fans, not 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 just you, Ian, but <laughs> quite a few of the fans got very excited. Um, I've had a couple of bets with some of them, but I just always felt that they're just not quite there no, yet. No, it's good. Squads too. You look at that midfield, and a part of Pogba plays good game every ten. Fred and McTominay not good enough. It leaves Fernandez on his own, and it's just they. There's still a good three or four players in key positions away from uh, putting a, a decent uh, fist serious tilt at it. Yeah. 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 No. Um, who'll win the Champions League? Oh. <laughs> I d- I'm not going to pretend that I'm massively up there with the European football, but uh, I'll be born and say Bayern Munich again. Yeah. I think we. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, do you have a favourite all-time Bolton goal? The reason why I think I, I, I ended up asking this, we'd seen, we'd shared a few on Twitter, haven't we? Some of that era when McGinley and Lee on the wing and stuff and some goals at Anfield in the Cups in the was it early 90s. Yeah, um, I mean... That header that McGinley scored at, at Anfield was a proper centre-forwards goal, wasn't it? I just want to yeah. throw that in and say, what's your all-time favourite Bolton goal and why? It's hard, isn't it? Because yeah. obviously you've got some of, the, some of those goals of importance when I was a lot, a lot younger, so I wasn't at the games. I think I, I tweeted you that unfortunately, like, you know, I was young and it was a, we'd inevitably draw the first game at home, uh, a replay away from home, middle of the week, and, and I wasn't allowed to go. Um <laughs> So yeah, some of those are my some kind of like my favourite goals, reminiscing about about that era. But I think favourite goal you got to think about when you're in the ground somewhere and the, and the emotion of it. Um, the few that, that stick out, I would say, um, yeah, probably, there's probably a bit of recency bias to probably go back further and end up missed out on a few. But um, Chung Young Lee's goal against Birmingham. In the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, that's away a, from home. That's a name I've not heard for a while. Yeah, I think he's back over in Korea, I think. But yeah, that was that. That was I think we took about eight thousand St Andrews, um, and he scored with about five minutes left, and that was just what well, going to Wembley. Even though it was a semi-final, we were going to Wembley, so that's definitely one. More recently, you'd have to say um, against Forest. Yeah, Will Brown's. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can probably look, sit there and look back at it and find some others, but that that's just ridiculous from the low to the high. Yeah, it's two, more one, than any three two up. 
Yeah, more than any drug could give you or anything like that. That, that just can't be beaten. Excellent. One last one. Um, University of Bolton Stadium or Burnham Park? Oh, Burnham Park, all the way. Good effort. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the smell of your rhinos, pies. <laughs> but I'd love to be... Obviously, I only went as a kid, really. But, um, but I'd love to have been like a late teenager, early 20s, going to Burnham Park, you know, with, with the lads, yeah. having a drink in the pubs in town and then going there. I feel like missed out on that with my age. But, you know, the move was necessary. And if we'd stayed at Burnham Park, would we have had the likes of Jock F? Acotcha, Anelka, Campo, Hierro rocking up for us. True, true. Um, But there there is something about those old traditional grounds, isn't there? And the smells and the the sights, etc. Yeah. um, Yeah. I suppose it's why why we love football so much. Yeah, definitely. Right. Cheers for coming on again. No problem. Enjoyed it. it. Yeah. So um, we'll we'll definitely uh, do another one in, in the future. End the season review. I like it. Yeah. Till then. Cheers, Blair. Cheers, Cheers Ian. Bye.